Blog Talk Radio. Introduction. Mark David is coming 
to the Portland, Oregon area. So if you're in Portland, there are some wonderful things awaiting you when Mark David arrives up here soon. So without any further delay, I am so delighted to bring Mark David Gerson back on the show. Hi, Mark David. Good afternoon, for me at least, <laughs> Susan. Well, um, it's now for you. me. I, I, <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> I, can't, I can't believe it's been since March. That, that doesn't seem possible. I can't believe it. You know, you know um, when I create my show pages, I, of course, look. I say, well, when have they been on before? Because I cut and paste and things. And I was True. really very surprised. But as my listeners know, and I think this will be relevant as well, since we're going to flow with it today, um, I've had quite an interesting year myself, so there have been a lot of transitions in my year, and I really didn't have earlier in the year as many shows as normal. And then once we got um, into the summer, I've had a bunch of shows, or into the fall, really. We've had a very powerful fall season here, and you are essentially um, the solstice culmination of our our <laughs> fall here on the frontier beyond fear. Well, I guess it's, so, now officially, it's now officially winter, isn't it? <laughs> it is. It is. And what I appreciate about how we are to view the solstice is you would think it's all about darkness and there is a part of it that is certainly about darkness. But what I appreciate and what I've come to learn really quite late in life, to be honest, because studying the solstice was not something that I did when I was younger, is how it really has a lot to do with the light that is arriving and what that means in our lives. Sure. And, of course, that ties into all the holidays at this time of the year as well. Um, yeah. which um, are all about, in one form or another, the return of a light after a period of darkness. Um, and what's interesting, of course, about the solstice, and even though even though today marks the beginning of winter, um, at least in the northern hemisphere, um, tonight's and warm down south, way down south, um, yeah. um, for us up here, um, it feels like it's the beginning of the darkness because it's getting colder and the days, the days are short. Um, but the reality is that today is the shortest day, and as of tomorrow, the days start getting longer again, hence the return of the light. Yes, yes. And, you know, I'll tell you, we really feel this, and you're from Canada, so you especially get this, but I haven't always lived in Oregon, where I live now, and you really notice the cycles. You really notice the summer solstice here because it's light so long. The I mean, not even yeah. nothing like Canada, but still, we're getting we're not that far from from Canada here. And well, then, you know, and then this time of let year, let me interrupt I mean, you for one second because um, when I, as I've been planning my move to Portland, which you mentioned in the introduction, just for kick, yeah. I checked out the latitude of Portland compared to the latitude of Montreal, which is my hometown. The latitude yes. of Toronto, which is where I lived for a time, and they're almost the same. Isn't that interesting? Portland that actually is as, <laughs> Portland oh. is as far north, pretty much. It's a little, actually, Toronto is slightly south, and I think Montreal is like a few degrees I north. But virtually, it's, I'm moving back to my 
original latitude, if you will. Oh, <laughs> just other, just, just not quite the same longitude, but, but the, the same latitude. <laughs> that's very interesting, and that actually confirms something I've wondered about, because I, I have to tell you, I feel very north. <laughs> when I when I up here, ever since I've lived here, um, and sometimes we can see the northern lights, um, and, and I actually haven't experienced them much because of light pollution, but um, in sure. fact, not at all until recently. This has been a very interesting week, energetically, I have to tell you. First of all, here today, we had frost this morning. There was a little bit of ice. I had to get out early, and this was really the iciest I've seen it. Um, all winter so far, and it's usually not that icy here, but I find that highly um, appropriate that today it would be like that. But then um, over the weekend, I was outside, and, and here where I live now, I can see the, the sky better, and some people speculated that maybe it was smoke, but you know what? I don't think so, because there was a solar storm, and I swear I saw a hint of the pinkish northern light. I could think of no other explanation for how the whole sky was um, pink, and it wasn't sunset. It was very late. It was probably, you know, it was early morning, essentially. And um, so anyway, um, it, it is this, you confirm that we really are as far north as it feels. <laughs> <laughs> or even more. <laughs> or even more yeah. so, and and I like that actually. I like the energy of of knowing that truthfully. So, so as we think about, you know, I'll have to tell you, Mark David, this year has been really a fascinating year, and many people I know, including myself, are seeing some new energy. I mean. Things that maybe have been stalled for years or or um, things that just weren't even on the radar, there is something going on with early 2018, it seems. And and how does that tie in to this solstice? Well, you know, again, the energy of this time, um, whether we're talking solstice, whether we're talking Christmas, whether we're talking Kwanzaa, whether we're talking Hanukkah, is about life um, yeah. and about um, um, a reemergence. And if we're talking about Christmas, um, we're talking about rebirth um, yeah. or birth at least. Um, so how significant is it that um, you, and actually I in my own life too, am feeling huge, huge, huge changes and huge openings coming in 2018. Yeah. And whether today is the portal to that or not, it is a portal. It is, it is the, again, it is an important site, the beginning of an important cycle in the, you know, in, in our calendar. I don't mean our, I don't mean, I mean our, I don't mean our, our human calendar. I mean our natural calendar um, in the yeah, sense that yeah. again, you know, the, the uh, this is the last day of the darkness in a sense today. This is it tomorrow, maybe even only by moments, the day will be lighter. And the day yeah. after that, yeah. again, only by moments, the day will be lighter again. Now, of course, it doesn't yeah. know. What's interesting, of course, is that, of course, we change our clocks, at least in this country, in November. So right. it doesn't quite feel as dramatic because we've already pushed our clocks back. 
But in effect, in terms of hours of light, it, 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 it's, it's true. The, tomorrow will be lighter. The day after that will be lighter. And as we move into, ironically, the heart of the winter, it's getting lighter. As we move into the heart of the darkness of the cold, again, in this hemisphere, um, it's actually getting lighter. It's not getting darker. Um, it's not getting colder. It's getting warmer. It's the light, you know. So it's just, it's, yeah. I always like this time of the year, not because of the cold, frankly, um, but because it, it seems to mark an optimism. It seems to say, okay, the darkness is done. Now, even if it's not entirely noticeable, the light, the light is returning. Um, and we can take that, you know, in our personal lives. We can take that certainly, you know, in the, in the light of the sun. We can take that in any, to me, anything we choose in our life, you know, in our immediate or greater lives. Yes. Yes. And, of you course, know, you, want, you want to talk, go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. If you, want to talk create, if you want to talk creativity, you know, kind of the symbolism you could look at is, okay, we, we have struggled or we have been blocked or we have been dark, if you will. And, yeah. and now the symbolism, again, the metaphor, again, is the reemergence of that creativity, the, re, the, the, the opening um, after the closing, the light after the darkness, the flow after the kind of stopping up. So um, it's, you know, wherever any of us happens to be in our, in our creativity, just to, to, to use that, um, this is an opportunity to kind of to plug into that energy, whether consciously or not, and say, okay, now it's time to flow again. Yes, yes. And, you know, we have not talked on this show, Mark David, in a while about what, you bring to writers and and today's show um and let me thank blog talk radio right here because i know that they have a say in this because right now they have us up there on that front page and and it's in the number three slot right next to the chicken whisperer <laughs> it's the show next to us yeah i i have to okay, you, you know what here's I, the I fun never, thing i never hope to beat out a chicken whisperer so i you know, i'm grateful I, for yes. where we are is is the variety. Those of you who are just clicking on this show because we have such a variety out there. They've got self help, pets, that's the chicken whisper. We've got politics progressive in number four. <laughs> Television in number five. Technology in six. Sports in number seven. And then an entertainment show in eight. And so I'm saying this because I know there are those of you out there <laughs> who saw this and clicked on our show today. And something I would like, and welcome, by the way, if you're here, and welcome to those of you in the Southern Hemisphere as well, because I do know from the maps that they've been sharing with us on Block Talk Radio, it just touches my heart just how many different parts of the world are tuning into this show. And we recognize that, too, and we may even do a little summer solstice um, um, um part of the show as well for you just for sure. for a moment but but we haven't talked about writing in a while mark david and and you have so much to say to those of us who felt blocked i mean you've been helping me for years and i kind of flow in and out of of where i'm going with my my writing and and maybe that's part of it too is in terms of the timing 
of what it is we are meant to bring into the world and how we let it flow, how can we utilize this energy of this time and allow it to come, whatever is meant to come through us? Well, I think it's, I mean, two things that are important to remember. Yes, it obviously is a very powerful symbolism to this time, um, but that doesn't also, that also doesn't mean that you can't open up at any other time. <laughs> it's just of that course. because, <laughs> well, you know, I don't want people to say, well, you know, um, in six months I, I'm gonna, I can't do it anymore because it's going to get dark again, right? right? So, right. so I, I want to point out that, you know, there is a powerful symbolism to this time, again, in this hemisphere. Um, and um, there's no reason not to kind of plug into that. Um, at right. the same time, you know, anything we, you and I ever talk about or I write about in terms of writing and creativity, you know, applies 24-7, 365 or 6 on a leap year, days of the year. It's not, it's not, it's not limited to, to a, you know, a really nifty metaphor. <laughs> it's, 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 it's stuff that's things we can do to nurture our, our creativity and, 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 and kindle our imagination and, and all those things year-round. Um, yeah. Any day of the week, um, on any project, um, regardless of who we are, whether we whether we have written or if we're in another area of creativity, created other ways before. Um, it's not about being an expert. It's not about having experience, and it's not about not ha- being an expert. It's about really kind of going within and touching that creative place within us that we all carry. Um, yeah. For some of us, it's more accessible than others. For many years, it wasn't accessible to me at all. Um, and maybe that's why I'm so passionate about this, is because I spent many years in the winter of my creativity. Um, it took a long time um, and very concerted effort and a lot of resistance to get through to kind of open, open into the spring, if you will, of my creativity and begin, and begin that process that, as you pointed out in the intro, has led to a startling, for me, 15 books. Yes. Yes. You know, it seems like um, some of us, I, you know, years ago when I talked with you, Mark, David, I really wasn't writing as much. Well, I've gone through cycles of writing in my life. And, I think we all do. I think you know, we all the, do. The last you know, I, think that's nor- I think that's normal. Yeah. And um, I find that I write very prolifically now, but... Um, what can what I don't always see is the goal of you know, or if this writing is just I know that that someday this writing has a purpose that I write, and yet um and I'm trying to make this into a more general question because I feel like those of us who may be opening up to various types of writing and, you know, our own thoughts, our own explorations. You've done a lot of that, and it ultimately ended up in your memoir, um, your own sharing of of what was happening with you. And so I'd like to touch upon that briefly because it seems like many of us may feel, for me, it's been a real good transition in terms of the writing flowing. It's, it's It's a joy to read. For me, um, it's something I feel is 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 really happening for me. But in terms of where, how, it, sometimes it's so hard to package these things. <laughs> I guess 
is, especially if we write well, a I lot. I want to back up to something you said. Um, I know you didn't mean it the way it came out, but I want to clarify it for um, for listeners, and that is that every yes. piece of writing you do has a has a purpose. Now, yes. it may not always be the per- may, it may not always be the purpose you expect or hope for, um, um, but there is no piece of writing that you do when you're, when you're writing from a, you know from a deep place at least that does not have a purpose. Even if you're not writing from a deep place, then then, then the purpose is craft. You're improving your craft. So yeah. I think that, um, yes, of course, there's, there's, there's no one among us, or very few at least among us, who sits down um, to write a book or a screenplay or a poem um, um, or, or anything or a song lyric that doesn't want, at some level, to have that communicated out to others. Um, writing is a form of communication. But, you know, it's also a form of inner communication. And yeah. I just posted something like this on, on Facebook just a few days ago. Um, where I said, you know, I, of course, I want my books to sell. I mean, of course I do. I mean, I, I, I would be lying. I'd be lying. You know, I have an ego like anybody else. I want my books to sell. I want right. people to read my books, love, love my books. Um, um, at the same time, um, even though I don't always like to admit this to myself, um, so I'm not listening to myself as I say this right now, but um, – I know that every piece, every piece of writing, every, every draft, every manuscript, whatever happens to it has changed me. And if yeah. it's changed me, um, then it does, change, it does change the world, even if nobody else reads it. I actually talk about this a little bit in the voice of the muse answering the call to write, which is my, first, my very first book for writers um, and still the most popular, um, which is that I kind of look at, publishing in a slightly unconventional way, like I look at most things in a slightly unconventional way. And publishing, in a sense, is what? It's making public, right? It's, 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 in a sense, it's putting it out for the world. Well, yes. try this one on for size. So you write something, let's say you submit it and it's rejected a gazillion times, or you never submit it. So you, you don't have that, that, that experience. But in writing from that deep inner place, that, that, that place of heart, I don't mean Valentine heart, I mean spiritual heart, um, however you define spirituality, um, you are changed. You cannot help but be changed. In fact, one of the causes of, of writer's block is that resistance to, to that very change. Um, but if you are changed, or let me talk about me, if I am changed, and I go out in the world as that changed person, and I connect with other people, because we, unless we live in a cave in a mountain, we're always connected with other people, even superficially. If I connect with other people as that changed person, there's an energy transfer. And that other yeah. person has, in fact, received the transformation that was my writing, whether they ever yeah. know about it or not. And so the very act, once again, of writing from that place, from that heartful place, um, from that soul-filled place, is an act of public transformation. You're changing the world, even if no one ever sees it. Now, again, we all have egos. We all want to be loved. We all want our writing to be loved. We all want to make a million dollars and go buy a castle and J.K. <laughs> Rowling. <laughs> um, and for some of us, that will happen, and for most of us, it will not. That's just the reality. Um, but that doesn't mean that we're not doing powerful, valuable work um, 
not only for ourselves, but for the world. And that's yeah. hard. That's, that's hard. You know, you look at your sales figures and you say, why am I doing this? Um, you know, no one's buying my book or very few people are buying my book or no one's reading my book. We do it. I do it because I, I, I can't not do it. And maybe a time will come in my life when I can not do it. And then I have a different kind of choice to make. But right now I have stories in the case of my fiction or things that I feel I need to communicate or get clarity on within myself. That, that, and for me, this is my process, the best way to do that, um, so far at least, has been through writing. There isn't a single book I've written, fiction or nonfiction, that I cannot, that, that I can, that has not changed me in some way. The fiction more than the nonfiction, because the fiction is, is for me, is more of an act of discovery and the writing of it. Um, but even the nonfiction, I mean, I, I discover things about how I feel about creativity and writing when I write my books for writers. Um, when I wrote my memoir, I discovered themes in my life I did not know consciously. Obviously, they were there, and at some, at some level I knew about them, but, but consciously I had no idea. Um, and that was hugely powerful, and as powerful as that book is for many, and I know it is, it's way more powerful for me because it revealed something to me about myself that I didn't know. Many things, yeah. actually, but one, 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 one huge thing that I didn't know. Yes, yes. And that only happened in the writing of it, in the creating of it, in the, in the allowing of it to reveal itself to me and through me. Because yeah. as we've talked about before, as you know, Susan, I don't outline, I don't plot, I don't plan. Right. Um, I, I have no idea generally where I'm going when I start, um, even a nonfiction book. Um, and for me, the journey to completion is perhaps the most important part of the journey. It's a journey of discovery. And in that journey of discovery, the journey of self-discovery. Yes, yes. Someone once said, yes. you don't write to discover, maybe, maybe, it, was even, maybe it was even me, we don't, we, we don't write what we know, we write to discover what we know, what we think, what we believe. I, uh, and I believe that that, that that has been my experience in every book. Yes, yes. Yes, I, I, I suppose I, I, I should have broadened the word purpose because I will say <laughs> that the writing that I do it, it 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 is our ego that ex, that that tends to impose the 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 purpose with the smaller p or well it isn't exactly right. small it it's you know how to translate I guess is the question because for me I have to tell you um, the the writing that I'm doing now which have been doing for a while is deeply um, transformative for me in fact the reading of it is gives me almost as much insight as the writing of it and and so it it's very much what you're talking about and i think that um we do have a tendency to to then look at this and say okay um you know you see the value in it you do see it you know when you've written prolifically and and you're writing from your your heart um you do see that it has some purpose maybe you cannot know yet and 
and and there's a tendency to want to package it, you know, to wrap it up with a bow. But it's Christmas time here, you know. How do you how do you contain even just a piece of it? How does you know where does it go? Um, and maybe the answer that that you help us to see is, um, you know, that we need to let the writing be what it is, and and I guess it will reveal to us where it needs to go if it needs to go somewhere else um it the the writing will reveal that well i think there's nothing wrong with you know again wanting success um yeah i think i think that's not unhealthy you know where the unhealthiness could come in is what you do about that um and what you what you sacrifice for that um even in terms of you know what you're putting on the page um, and what you sacrifice, you know, of, of your soul, if you will, for that. Um, and, but, so there's nothing wrong with, you know, writing a book and trying to get it published or publishing it yourself, um, and, right. you know, and promoting it and trying to get readers and doing all that. Um, at the same time, um, in those moments, and they come and they will come when you say, you know, why the bleep did I, did I bother? Um, because no one's buying my book or five people bought my book last year or, or whatever, um, then it's important to look within and say, yes, but what did, that, what did that journey accomplish for me? Who am I today that I wasn't at the start of that journey? What do I now know about myself and about the world that I didn't know at the start of that journey? And I think that yeah. at least as valuable um, as, as, those, as those sometimes elusive sales and which again, sales are great. You know, having your writing support you is fabulous. It isn't going to happen for all of us. I think I think that doesn't negate the need to do it, and that doesn't negate the, the higher purpose, if you will. Um, um, even if the kind of ego purpose is frustrated. Yes. Yes. You know. Um... Eight years ago or so, I may have thought I would have written or I would have published, let's make that clear, not written, but published multiple books by now. But I have found that my writing is a journey and and that it takes the development of courage as well as to how um, I I often see quotes on your page, Mark David, some of them are from you. And some of them are from from other <laughs> other authors about the raw courage of um, exploring, you know, whatever our journeys have been. And and you actually know something about my my journey um, that that not very many people are aware of. But even saying that, you know, that's true of everybody. You know, we all have something in our journey that that takes courage to bring out into the world. And maybe we toy with it in terms of I toy with, you know, fiction, um, a related question. I'm going to ask a compound question here, and you can you can address it. <laughs> Both the courage of bringing out our story into the world, and you've written about this a lot in fiction and non, and also if we are guided in some way, to, to, I don't want to use the word try. I'm tempted to embark on a 
fiction project, that ever-present voice that we need to silence that tends to say, you don't know how to write fiction. <laughs> and and I know there are authors out there, or writers, who maybe haven't become authors, who feel that there's, that gets projected on us by how we were taught, um, you know, that at the um, and, and you are a perfect example of writing fiction in in a very flowing kind of a way. So, so very long, complex question there, um, and I'm just going to throw it back to you because this is something I work with often, and I know others feel blocked in a way by it as well, this feeling of how do you write fiction when you feel drawn to write some things in fiction. Okay, well, I think I think it's how do you write X, Y, Z because um, any new medium, any new genre is new, um, and how do you do it? So, you know, when I wrote my first novel, The Moon Quest, when I began it um, um, a very long time ago, it was like 1994 I began that book, um, I certainly read, I'm a big reader, I certainly read many novels. Um, I'd even read many fantasy novels, although not, not recently at that time. Um, and I had no conscious, this is the key word, I had no conscious idea how to write a novel. Um, exactly. Cut ahead a few years when I wrote the screenplay adaptation of The Moon Quest. I had never written a screenplay, and I had written way fewer. I read way fewer screenplays than I had read novels. How do you write a screenplay? Um, who am I to write a screenplay? Who am I to write a novel? Who am I to write a book about writing? Um, you know, who am I to dot dot dot? That doesn't even have to do with writing. Um, yeah. And the answer, I think, is that um, to all those questions, um, is that first of all, we are all storytellers. We are all innate storytellers. Um, and what makes me totally radically crazed when I, when I read books on screenwriting specifically, but also on novel writing, um, where people are given formulas um, to yeah. plug their story into, um, um, or, or particular, again, when, you're, when you do a screenwriting, particular um, things like um, act structures and, and beats and plot points and, and all the various little little things that we're, suppo- that we're supposed to have know what we're doing in our screenplay or index cards or, 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 or. And I say, if you write intuitively from within, then the innate storyteller that you are, that we all are, and that we have been since caveman days, um, yes. will Form the story in that way, because all those tick, all those tools and tricks and and structures and 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 techniques are simply a way um, a, a a way of short of, of saying I don't trust my imagination, I don't trust my intuition, I don't trust my creativity, I don't trust my innate ability ability to tell a good story in a compelling way. I need to plug this into into something manufactured. And I say you don't have to do that. Sure you can, but you don't have to. You are a storyteller. 
and I, when I use the word story, as you know, it's not talking about anything you write. It doesn't necessarily mean it's a, it's a novel or a screenplay. It could be nonfiction. That's, that's a form of storytelling as well. Um, you, we all are profoundly intuitive. Unfortunately, that, that, that intuition is not something that has been traditionally, at least in, you know, in recent decades and centuries, um, fostered and encouraged. But it's there. And we don't need outlines, and we don't need three-act structure, and we don't need index cards on a wall. We, we can certainly have them, but we don't need them. I think that, that, that's the point I could try to make, is that too many of these, um, of these books and teachers and courses talk about these things as being required. Yeah. And I say, sure, if you want to do it that way, cool. But you don't have to. One of the things that I did, that I've written a book on screenwriting too, which is very, very unconventional because, of course, it ignores all oh, the yeah. stuff I've been talking about. Um, um, and I went uh, when I was when I was researching the book, I went on the final draft. Final draft is like the software for screenwriting, and it's a great program. So I'm not fixing the program, but I went on the final draft website um, at one point and saw something about, outli- about outlines um, for your screenplay. And whoever wrote that little article said that your outline needs, and this wasn't, again, it was, a, it was a requirement, it wasn't an option, needs to be so detailed that it's practically the script itself. And I thought, I won't say what I thought because you probably don't want to hear the word on the air, but, but that's what I thought. <laughs> um, I did not know how to write a screenplay when I wrote my screenplay, I said, to hell with the three-act structure concept. But you know what? My screenplays have a three-act structure. Not because I said the first 30 pages do this, and the next 60 pages do that, and the next 30 pages do this. It's because I told the story that needed to be told, and I trusted the innate storyteller that I am to get it right. And to my amazement, the screenplay was optioned. Yep. I mean, nobody was more yep. surprised than I was because I thought I didn't know how to write a screenplay. Yep. Um, you know, I, the Moon Quest, which is, of course, that was the, that was a screenplay I, I adapted. Uh, it was a story I adapted. The Moon Quest, my very first novel. Um, I and I, I'm sure I've shared this on your on your show before, um, at least once. I did not know the story when I started. I didn't know, no, I didn't even know I was starting a story when I started. And as I continued, I did not have a clue what the story was about or where it was going, except word by word some days. Um, yeah. The entire first draft was a single chapter. <laughs> because I had, I, how did yeah. I break it up? Yeah. I had no idea what I was doing. Um, one, one very, very, one 400 page chapter. Um, and it was filled with inconsistencies, and it was filled with redundancies, and it was filled with things that kind of went off in the wrong direction, but it, it got the story out. And once the story was out, it was, it was relatively easy to fix all that stuff up. And one other point I want to, or two other points I want to mention about that. One is that um, every time, and it happened a lot in that, first, in that first draft of that first novel, every time, I got to a point where the story seemed to want to go off on a bizarre tangent that made no sense to me. 
Um, every time I was tempted to say no and didn't, the story took off in a way that I could never have imagined and came back quite nicely and elegantly on its own to where it needed to be. Now, yeah. most writing teachers, or many, let's not say most, many writing teachers would say, if your story seems to be going off track, well, or your character does, well, bring it right back in because you're in charge. And I'd say, no, you're not. The story's in charge. If you let no, the story I, tell I, itself through you, it will be way better and way more amazing and way more compelling and way more entertaining and way more moving and touching and, or funny than if you, had, if you had reined it in and made it, made it do what you wanted it to do. And the other point I wanted to make was clearly it's a system that works. It's a, system, it's a, no, it's a no system system. It's a no rule rule that works because that book is one six awards. Um, so that's not, you know, the final arbiter of anything, but it has been recognized by people who judge these things as a good book. And that's not to blow my own horn, although it's nice to do that when you can, um, but to say that, that writing from that intuitive, inner, creative storyteller place creates good stories. Yes. You know, several times you've used that word trust. Trust. Oh, please. Trust the story. (laughs) And and I know that. In my life, especially right now. So you go on a good (laughs) (laughs) one. Well, then it's echoing back. And actually, I I think many of us are in the same boat. And aren't we all? You know, truthfully, I doubt if anyone is. is, immune from this this notion of needing to trust and um and I, I love this notion of trusting the story and I, I feel that um and you know that can be broadened to trust the story of our lives. How about that? Of you know, that how of our absolutely own personal story is unfolding. And that's I mean I that's when I when I even when I coach writers, it's often is often, often a bit of a life coaching aspect to that, as you've experienced, Susan. Um, yes. And yes, I mean that was that 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 you know when I began writing my memoir, I was very powerfully drawn, called to write a memoir, and I was very resistant um, because, like many of my students, I said, "Who's going to want to read it?" <laughs> and of course. <laughs> Bottom line is, I'm writing it for me at least as much for anybody else. But I really had no idea what you know. I knew I knew obviously the story of my life, but I didn't know the story of my life. I didn't know. I didn't. I could not see the thread that ran through my life. Um, yeah. And I didn't have a title. I just began to write. And as I began to write. A title came to me. The title, the subtitle changed many times. The title never changed. The title was the act of surrender because I realized that the thread of my life, the 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 ongoing still <laughs> theme of my life, is, is a theme of trust. Um, you know, if you're religious, you might say faith, but it's it's, it's trusting in in. What you can't see or touch, which is something that we do when we write all the time. I don't know the story, but I trust that it's there. I don't know the ending in most cases. The last two books I wrote, 
Um, I actually knew the ending before I got there, but every other book I've written, I hadn't known the ending until I got there. In some, in some cases, not until like right in the moment of writing it. Um, um, but in most cases, I have only known the ending as I got to it, and I had a trust. You know, so again, I was, <laughs> I've been reading a book on writing video games. I don't know if I'm going to write video games, but it struck me as, an, as, a, as, a, as a really interesting approach to storytelling. So I was really curious about it from that yeah. perspective. And I was reading, I won't mention it in the title of the book because um, I was, something in the book really pissed me off. <laughs> so I, don't, I won't mention the title. But, okay. Um, the, <laughs> I, in, other, in all other respects, it's a good book. But um, the writers, or two writers, were talking about having to know the ending before you begin. Having to know the ending before you begin. Uh-huh. Not, it might be nice to know the ending or it can know the ending cool, but having to know the ending before you begin. That's like having to know what the last day of your life is going to look like when you're born. Yes. Yep. You know, um, you invite me to tell a little story here because it's so it's somewhat coincidental. Is basically in this show, you are reminding me that I've written fiction. And do you know when <laughs> I wrote fiction? <laughs> Except for when I was that. a child, when I wrote it very prolifically. It seems like we always do as children. Um, it was when I was going for my undergraduate degree in the 80s, and I wrote what was at that time known as an adventure game, which oh. in the 80s was basically a quest, you know, and it had mm-hmm. puzzles and, and it wandered all over the map. And, and you know, that game, Mark David was at first an assignment, but it grew, and the I had it on giant a giant tape. It, it the operators um, at the University of Colorado, where I was, would play my game at night, <laughs> <laughs> and it was fiction. And and wow, how symbolic, you know. And so it's funny how you know this is like a show within a show. Um, you are reminding me of that experience and how actually I let it wander all over the place. I mean, that was the purpose. You wanted it to wander sure. as much as possible. Of I mean, course. there was a goal or a series of goals. Um, a, you know, it was your typical, and those, this was before things like, like I don't think there was anything like MIST, people who've heard of MIST, M-Y-S-T, or, sure. or games like that in those days. So anyway, um, somehow that that is, Symbolic, and somewhere I actually still have the fan fold printout. If it didn't fall off the truck, because some of my stuff did fall <laughs> off the truck on the way to Oregon, um, I hope you fare better. I was coming from Kansas City, and um, I was apparently bringing too much stuff, and a good portion of my books, and actually some of my writing from my youth, um, um, did just disappear. The boxes were gone, and and I had to let them go. But but in any case, um, yes, I mean, how we're tricked sometimes into writing, that's what happened. I mean, apparently at those, in those days by college, I really didn't think of myself as a fiction writer, and yet I was tricked into writing it and even sharing it with, with others. There you go. The so, universe you know, is a my trickster. Per- <laughs> the Moon Quest, as I again, as I again, as I shared in the show before, Moon Quest happened 
not because I sat down one day and said, gee, wouldn't it be fun to write a fantasy? Because um, I'd never said that. Um, um, it happened because I was teaching a writing class. And I led the group through a, an exercise and felt powerfully guided, um, called um, for the first time ever to write, to do the exercise in class with them. Because normally I would always just kind of get them writing and then just keep an eye on them and make sure everyone was doing okay and to kind of, you know, hold the energy as it were. Um, this was a group I'd worked with a lot before and it was an exercise I'd never done before. And um, what, I, what I wrote in class doing the exercise that I facilitated ended up becoming the opening scene of the first draft of a novel that I had never, never consciously planned to write. And that was the moon class. Yes. Yes. So yeah, trickster. I know all about. I know all about that trickster. Oh yeah. <laughs> I know you've written about the trickster. <laughs> we're on very. We, we, yeah. yeah, we had a we had a show. We had an April Fool's show about that once together. I think we did. A few years back. Yeah. Um, I mean, I was totally tricked into being a writer. For God's sake, I didn't want to be a writer. Um, and uh, you know, if you'd asked me when I was growing up or in my teens what I wanted to do, I was I. I wouldn't have been able to answer the question, but I would, certainly would never have said be a writer. Um, I could have told you that's what I didn't want to be. Um, yeah. And, you know, very slowly, very stealthily, very underhandedly, very tricksterishly, um, my muse <clears throat> or higher self, or however you want to, or however you want to ca- categorize that, you know, got me to be a writer until suddenly I thought, oh my God, I'm a writer. It's too late to come back. Um, and, but that was a total, a total trick, a total, a total deception from day one. Yep. That's often the way it it can happen. And, um, it seems for me when I was very young, I was expected to be a writer at at one point because I, I wrote a lot and I was actually, you know, recognized for my writing in my youth. Not not so much fiction when I was a teen, um, I, although I'll tell you, you know, all children are incredibly creative when they're given yeah. exercise to write fiction. And, you know, it's that, that really brings me to something, too, is that, um, you know, this notion of, of becoming childlike again, perhaps, in the way that we just, you know, a child doesn't doubt that they can draw a picture when you give them crayons. I had some children here at the house um, because I, you may actually get the chance to see it. Who knows? But I um, run a big <laughs> festival here in, in Oregon, a couple of them. One, but the biggest one is in the summer, a big medieval festival. And I had the what's known as the junior uh, Maid Marian Court at my house for a recent Christmas event or holiday event. And they their their mothers were working outside, and their their parents most mostly their mothers, but their fathers too at times. Um, and and they needed things to do. Well, I just handed them, you know, some paper and said, "Hey, let's create the flyer for the event. That I need some artwork for this event." And you know what? Did they hesitate? Did they say, "I don't know how to create the artwork for a flyer"? <laughs> You're going to put that up on a poster? I don't I don't know how to do that. They went at it, and oh, my gosh, 
was one of the cutest flyers we've ever put together. I mean, I just took all their little pictures, and they came up with all kinds of things, like a Christmas cat, you know, and, you know, and, and who, who would even have thought of all the different ways that they then um, flowed with their creativity and how inspiring that was for me. They also created a poem with me. They, they read it on the stage, these kids, and they, they were as young as about um, six years old. Um, ranging in age from about six to to eight or nine. Anyway, it's an example. How can we learn from observing the openness of that kind of creativity? And these girls in particular had been involved in creative pursuits um, and encouraged in that way, or they wouldn't have probably been participating in this festival sure. at all. But because I know there are kids who maybe aren't as easily open to that, but it was very inspiring, right. and it taught me some things. Well, Marianne Williamson tells a great story, and I actually quote quote it in my book on Writer's Block, Writer's Block on Block. And she said, I love the story of the little girl who showed her teacher a picture she'd painted of a tree. The tree was purple. The teacher said, sweetheart, I've never seen a purple tree, now have I? Oh, said the little girl, that's too bad. <laughs> you know, yep. Th- that yep. that is what that is what stifles our creativity. Another story. This is actually from a writing class that I that I taught many years ago. Usually, at the beginning, beginning of the workshop or a class, if the group is small enough, I'll, I'll go around the room and have people introduce themselves and ask them where they are where they are in their writing and or, or a particular project. And this 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 one woman said, and I, well, I used to hear this a lot, this this phrase a lot. I used to love to write until, and that until was more often than not a teacher or a college professor who told them that they had to write something specific in a very specific way, Um, and it just shut shut them down. Basically, they told them that trees can't be purple, Um, and and, um, trees can be any color you you see them as, and your writing can be anything that you see that you choose for it to be or that it chooses for itself to be. Um, and it's, you know, again, that's, that was, that experience in the, in the classes that I taught was one of the, one of the reasons why I felt I needed to write that book on writer's block was because there are too many things that shut us down because as children, you're right. We are, we are for the most part, totally open. Um, and then we're told you can't, or you mustn't, or you shouldn't, or what will the neighbors say, or, or, or. And slowly, all that openness gets shut down. And then the, the, the job for us as adults is to find ways to open that up again, not as children, not in a childish way, but in a childlike way, to take who we were as children, who have become, who we have become as adults, and now marry those two together in a healthy way. Yes, yes, yes. It, you know, it seems that um, you know. Once again, revisiting the solstice theme, we we continually awaken to more of who we are. Um, and we're continually awakening more of who we are. It, it, that's how my life feels. And I, I see it reflected 
in my own writing um, that um, and, and that's why when I read it it's I learn from it um, just as you learn themes about your life and um, I, I know that we're nearing the end of the hour here. It's gone I know, by. I just looked at the clock. Quickly. I couldn't believe it. <laughs> um, and, you know, and we had no plan. I told Mark David at the beginning and saying to the audience, I had no questions. I had no map. Basically, just the topic, and we were going to flow with it. And now we're to three minutes left in the live show, or close to three. And so um, I better very quickly, while the show is live, say thank you from my heart and also give you the opportunity to talk about what's coming up for you and this fact that, yes, um, we we may be experiencing some of your teaching up here in the, the Pacific Northwest, which to me is exciting. Actually, it's a little bit exciting and scary at the same time, I have to tell you, because, you know, you may be teaching me, too. <laughs> you may be pulling some things out of me. That um, that would be rather adventurous. So, in terms of what what I might choose to write, should I be around one of your 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 workshops <laughs> that, that you, you well, bring into just, the world for just, people? Let me first just say thank you, of course, and I also want to let people know where they can find me and find my books. Yes. Um, so, markdavidgerson.com. I know the the um, it's on the show page for this on Pog Doc Radio for this show, but it's Mark, David, G-E-R-S-O-N, all one word, dot com. And that one word, Mark David Gerson, is also my username on most social media. So please feel free to look for me anywhere and say hi. Um, you'll also find all my books um, in paperback or ebook um, uh, from major online booksellers, um, Amazon, Kobo, uh, Google Play, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, Nook, um, iBooks. Um, you can also look, find books on my website, especially if you want them autographed by me to you. You can certainly get them on my website. Um, I'm, when it comes to coaching, geography has never been a, ba- has never been a barrier. I've had very few clients wherever I've actually lived. It's usually, sessions are usually over the phone or these days on Skype or FaceTime. Um, so I'm always delighted to work with, with writers of any level of experience on any issue wherever they are. Um, that includes consulting on, on, on manuscripts too. So, um, and yes, um, a month from tomorrow, as it turns out, I think I'll be leaving Albuquerque and making the, the drive up north, literally northwest <laughs> to the northwest. Yes, um, north by northwest. Because, <laughs> <laughs> because kind of like my, the way I wrote the moon quest, the story is taking me there. I don't know why. So, um, yeah. I am moving to Portland. Um, at least that's how it looks in this moment. Um, and I will be there um, towards the end of January. And uh, um, hopefully, I have not been doing a lot of teaching in recent in 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 last couple of years. I, I hopefully I'll start start that up again when I'm when I'm in the area. And uh, um, I even though most of my coaching is done long distance, I'm always happy to do it locally as well. So. Yeah. Um, uh, however, however that plays out, but I would love to, uh, if anyone in the area is listening and, uh, would love to reach out and that would be great, but please don't feel you can't reach out to me if you're not in the area. Cause as I say, 
my Facebook, my Twitter, and my website are open to all of you, and there's actually a contact page on my website if you want to reach out to me as well. So that's the, that's the big end of show promo. <laughs> Well, I want to say thank you to the live audience and to visit FrontierBeyondFear.com to see this show and others coming up. Um, And now, of course, we're in the the podcast. And I have to say that, and of course, we've been all along in the podcast for those who are listening in the future. Um, um, You know, I have to pause for a second and tell you, I saw an incredible symbol a minute ago. Um, You were talking about there's a horse across the way, a beautiful, beautiful brown and white horse, um, and and um, it was you know wandering around and things. And when you talked about teachers, sometimes um, and not all teachers are like this. There are many inspiring teachers in school, but there are those voices that shut us down. That horse laid down, <laughs> and it was just laying down <laughs> in the field, laying down. And it's a cold day. It's like what the heck. And now it's standing back up again. <laughs> it's like, okay, uh, we're we're having synchronicities across the way here uh, because um, they're, you know, I'm very um, excited about what you will bring to this area. And I will say that I originally worked with you as a coach. Um, and you helped me get over a very important hurdle because I'd done a lot of anonymous um, sharing at that time, and I this was before my radio show or anything. You helped me to come more out into the open as the spiritual person that I am as opposed to just writing anonymously on forums or even just sharing anonymously because this show is sharing. And so I know that you work very well with people remotely, but I also know that Portland, knowing what I know about this area, is is such a warm and welcoming climate for what you are bringing to us. There are playwrights here that are very adventurous. You feel that there are plays within them they want to share. There are places where you can do reading. I keep thinking I need to go to one of these things at some point where you can read your writing, just open mics. It's an incredibly creative and vibrant place and people live their lives that way here too you know um, I could never even imagine like I could get involved with this festival that I'm involved you know it's just another example you know of creativity flowing you know where where we're doing this medieval festival and and it's that kind of a place where creativity just emerges so I know that there are people that will be called to your work, and you will be called to them as a mentor and a teacher and friend. And and so I, I really feel that um, it's a wonderful thing um, what's happening here, and and well, that you. you have a uh, gift I, to and, get. Uh, I'm, I'm excited to come. I mean, frankly, I'm a little scared too. It's a big, it's a big speaking oh, of, of trust normal. and leaps of faith. It's a huge for me. It's a huge leap of faith. Um, yes. Um, yet another. <laughs> yes, you're, um, anyone who reads your uh, memoir will know that it's yet another act of surrender. <laughs> act of and surrender. trust plays um, a role. But I have to say that you know, no act of surrender I have made has turned out badly. Hasn't always been comfortable, yes. but hasn't turned out badly. And so I am yes. doing my best in every moment. And you know, I'm human like everybody else. I've got my own yep. stuff and my own fears and my own and my own stuff. 
but um, to trust that this is the right thing. I keep getting validation from total strangers. I mean, it's just quite bizarre. Yeah. Um, I've been posting on Facebook about the move um, recently, and you may have seen some of the posts, Susan. And um, somebody who is a Facebook friend, you know, I, I, again, because I'm kind, of, I'm kind of a quasi-public figure, I have a lot of Facebook friends, a lot you of do. Facebook friends, you have period, a, a big most of whom yeah. I don't know, or, and I don't even know how they became Facebook friends in a lot of cases. But this Facebook friend, who I don't know personally, um, yes. said, posted on one of those early posts of mine about the move, he didn't say, you're going to love Portland, which many people have said. He said, Portland is going to love you. Yes. Yes. I totally that believe was, it. That's exactly that it. That was so huge for me because, yes, of course, loving a place is great, but if it doesn't love you back, it's hard to live there, you know? Yes. So, um, so lots of validation um, in all kinds of curious strange and unexpected ways. Those, um, those synchronicities so, can be pretty amazing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that doesn't mean that there isn't a huge amount of trust involved because there is uh, for reasons I don't really need to go into here, but there is. And um, like, like writing the books I haven't always wanted to write, like the memoir, for example, um, but knew I had to and knew and results was huge for me. Um, this is a move I have to make. Um, and as wonderful as the Southwest has been to me, um, and I lived in the Southwest a good chunk of my time in the U.S., um, it's time for something different. And, and um, on most days, I embrace that wholeheartedly, and some days I embrace it half-heartedly. <laughs> yeah. um, but I embrace it. And, and um, like I said, you know, the plan is to leave here on or around the 22nd. And um, I'm looking forward to the drive up, as long as the weather cooperates. <laughs> and, yes, well, um, we'll have to trust in that. <laughs> and I have to trust that, too, exactly. Because there, there are three ways have... of getting there from here, and they, don't, and they don't intersect. So once I make a choice, I made the choice. But <laughs> anyhow, go, go on. Yeah. I know certain passes probably are to be avoided, but I have to tell you a synchronicity. It's both synchronistic with respect to your journey and the show as I watched the horse across the way. Um, uh-huh. The sun came out, and it wasn't really – I mean, I guess maybe it was supposed to come out, but we have not seen the sun today. And, um, well, actually, to be honest, it was sort of – we did see it first thing, and then it hid. It's been foggy ever since. And just here, as you're talking about your journey and and the trust in it, and how I, I see it when when he, your friend, your Facebook friend said that Portland's going to love you. It's the gifts that you have to give to the creative souls who are out here, because there are there's something about this area I can't explain it, but there are adventurous creative souls out here, and they can be unlikely. Adventurous in unlikely ways. Like I don't know that I would have characterized myself as adventurous, and yet I am. You know, in 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 this this way that the the writing comes forth from us and the creativity and things like this show. So the sun coming out must be a powerful symbol. And also, given the show is called the Return of the Light, <laughs> right. it just returned. Well, uh, 
and I was born in the year of the horse, the Chinese year of the horse, just just to add a little fun well, to that. Well, there you go. That's that's even <laughs> that's even better. <laughs> so I guess we'll we'll wrap up our our free flowing time here now. Um, since since now that the light has indeed returned, returned, um, or is in the process <laughs> work, of returning. Our work is done. Our work work today is done. That is right. And, and again, thank you, Mark, David. Um, Just, I, I, we have such a wonderful, um, we've had so many really good shows together. And let me add, those of you who want to discover some of these shows, um, first of all, and I have to go looking for some of these pages kind of have some technical issues, but there, there will at some point be a complete page of just, the times that you were on this show but in lieu of that right now because I know it's somewhat incomplete at this time your Twitter page <laughs> is an excellent source where you've shared a number of these episodes and also anyone can go to frontierbeyondfear.com and click on the archive and just enter your name and they all show up um, right. and, and we've explored fact, if you many click on the archive, if, you, if you do a search in Blog Talk Radio you'll find not only all the great shows I've ever seen but you'll find all the great shows I've done with other hosts over the years. Oh, a lot of, a lot yes. of other talk radio shows as well. So there's a lot of yes. there's a lot of me roaming around in, a, in that Mog Talk Radio archive. If you're it's if true. you're inspired it's enough to go true. check it out. <laughs> that that's true. Entering your name will come up with all kinds of, of um, helpful things. So, all right. Well, well you know thank what? you. Just just to, just to, just to add to that. If you go to um, iTunes and, and put my name in there, you'll also find some other radio shows um, yes. that, uh, that, are, that, are, that, are, that are in, um, in, uh, in, in iTunes podcast form. So, yeah, yes. a little, 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 and, and, little, little, little addition there. <laughs> and I can think of at least one local community station here in Portland that I think you'd be really good on, you know, should there be an opportunity to go on to – on, to, on there, because um, that's the other thing about the Pacific Northwest is um, there are some broadcast radio opportunities out here. So um, just just all kinds of things that are that are out there in the field of possibility, just ready to be unfolded. So um, so thank you so much again for being here today. It's always a pleasure. And I wish you all the best on your journey. I know we'll we'll be communicating um, before then, I'm but sure not I'll on the show. I'm sure I'll see you soon. I'm sure I'll see you soon. I know. <laughs> <laughs> yes, how amazing! We haven't seen Mark, David, and I haven't seen each other since um, since a, a, we had a booth in San. Oh no, it was in L.A. We saw each other in L.A. Although oh. I like to think. That San Diego trip was a really good one. We had a really good um, time on, um, on at an expo in San Diego and also in L.A., gosh, a few years ago, I guess. So we've actually seen each other a number of times at expos. But up here, oh, my goodness, it, it will be it will <laughs> be an interesting time to for you to start exploring just all that's up here. I, I think it will be exciting, especially since you're a photographer which um, I wanted to add to the page, and I think I did add on the website, because you're also quite a talented photographer as well, and you'll find many, many things to to capture your eye out here, I'm sure. So, 
So All I'll right. Well, to it. and once again, thanks so much, Susan. It's been it's been great as usual. Yes, and and thank you from my heart, Mark David, and and yes, wishing you all the best for this this solstice day, the holidays, and and just the the wonderful adventure awaiting you in the new year, and and all the lives that you're going to touch in this year to come. I know it's going to be powerful. So so thank you so much. And thank you, and happy holidays um, to all the listeners who are listening during the holidays, and just. Happy day to all the listeners who are yep. listening at the holidays. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you again. Yes. Okay. Right. Bye-bye Thank now. Take care. Bye-bye. Um, just a, a note here, um, and I know many of you listen to this show pretty soon after it airs, although you could hear it at any time. I'm aware of that. And actually, whenever you are hearing this, you will find what I'm about to say in the archive if you're listening in the future. Um, There will be a show coming up, and I am determining the date tentatively. It's going to be sometime next week. Um, Since we're entering into the holiday period, it's hard for me to predict the exact day, but I did um, record quite an amazing, wonderful interview with Irvin Laszlo, one of the way showers of our time, and we recorded it just because of logistics. Um, He was overseas. It was very early in the morning, but I was certainly awake. And what I will be doing is a live show where I will introduce the conversation, and I'm actually doing a couple of adventurous things technically because I'm going to play – Uh, How I'm doing this, I want to preserve the quality of the audio to the utmost. So I'm using Blog Talk Radio's technology where we did record it to actually play the portions of the show that we'll be listening to, which is essentially all of it, um, except for the the very beginning when we first called in and and connected. Um, And I know that you are going to enjoy it. So please do pay attention to FrontierBeyondFear.com. I encourage you to be a follower of this show if you can. You have to get a Blog Talk Radio login. Um, And if you really want to get the emails that are being sent out about the shows, I encourage you to become a follower. But in lieu of that, there are also social media channels. I am most active um, on Twitter, although um, we're growing Facebook, that, that seems to lag behind Twitter where I started first. Um, but I actually invite you to the Facebook page as well because I really would like that, that community to grow. So, And also on Twitter, please feel free to, to join me there. Um, so thank you again, everyone, for being here today. Once again, to learn about our guest today, Mark David Gerson, his website is easy to find, markdavidgerson.com, and it's on the page and will be out there on Frontier Beyond Fear for quite a while. So um, I do wish you well whenever this show finds you, but if you are entering into the holiday season or perhaps the new year, no matter what hemisphere you are in, whether the light is returning or if you are maybe beginning to anticipate the light becoming shorter and what what creative projects you might pursue in that time, wherever this show finds you, may 
you allow your life to tell its story to you and let it flow. Thank you so much. Thank you.